Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. The documentary short, Takeover, takes a long overdue look at the true history of a nearly forgotten event through the voices of the Young Lords, a collection of politically engaged young Puerto Rican men and women. On July 14, 1970, a group of Young Lords made history when they occupied Lincoln Hospital in the Bronx, New York, known locally as the Butcher Shop. It's a remarkable story, and one of which I had not heard before I'd seen the film, and it demonstrates a level of political and organizing sophistication and true acumen. It's a terrific film, and it has been shortlisted for documentary short consideration for the Academy Award this year. And we're joined today by the director of Takeover, and that would be Emma Francis Snyder. Emma, welcome to Film School Radio. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here. This is a wonderful film on a many, many different levels. Uh, first of all, it was a story that I did not know about, and I'm very surprised that I didn't, and I'm so glad to have this as an opportunity to see it not only and talk to you about it, but the other thing about it is it goes back to a time in our history, our political history, when action could be so dynamic and so attention-grabbing in a, in a way that furthered, really furthered the health and well-being of the community from which it came from. And I don't know if we've completely lost that, but it seems like it's a much more difficult climb in the environment we live in today. But it's, And I know it's still happening around the country, these kinds of actions. But when did you become aware of the Young Lords and when did you become aware of this particular event? I believe I started research in about 2012, 2013, 2014. So I, I've been an activist for most of my life in some, some way, shape or form. And I went back to school and was organizing around access to higher quality education. Uh, I was going to school at Brooklyn College and they had um, introduced tuition increases, cut services, and were also spying on Muslim students. And so a number of us were organizing around these issues. We had actually uh, attempted to take over the president's office to demand a stop to the increases. I don't think that we had planned it properly and it fell apart quite quickly. There were a number of police officers that showed up. Two students were arrested. It was very, uh, it was pretty traumatic. I would say it was, a, it was an experience that prompted me to want to learn more. Um, and then at that point I had also uh, started filming our own actions. Like, cause I, I felt like maybe my place in our student movement was to document and step back. And so at that point, I started studying, um, I did an independent study with Jean Theo Harris at Brooklyn College, studying the civil rights and the black power movement. And she gave us a number of uh, pieces to read about. And I found Palante um, written by the young lords themselves. I was pretty amazed with the foundation, the, the theory that they were founded on. Uh, we, the organization I was part of, part of, had kind of modeled ourselves in that way. And I had never heard about the Young Lords. And so 
that prompted me to study and learn more. And it kind of just took on a life from there. So that's kind of the whole, the whole story. I was, I was an act, I was a young activist um, wanting to learn more about successful modes of direct action. And at the same time, trying to find my place in the world. And I really felt that, you know, media would, could be a tool, uh, an effective tool for change. And so I started studying the young lords and film and kind of, you know, everything together is now here. I and now here I am 10 years later. When you found out about this direct action uh, around the Lincoln hospital or the butcher shop, what was your reaction? What was, what was your sort of take on it at from before you got as far into it as you did, what was your initial reaction to it? I mean, I was blown away. I often describe myself as like, reading it and like looking back and forth looking and being like does anybody does anybody know about this like hello this is crazy and in like the most phenomenal way like this is like they were they took over a hospital they were successful they got away with it and change happened and i was just like dumbstruck and everything that they did i was i, st- I still am dumbstruck, awestruck, their success, their intelligence, their ingenuity, like everything. It's just, it's still, everything they did still speaks to what is needed in our society today and would be a positive change for everyone across the U.S., not just Puerto Ricans, not just New Yorkers. Like it would be a welcome change to every single person in this country. And I think that is what has driven me this whole time because I have benefited from the Young Lords, the Patient Bill of Rights. Like that has impacted us all. And we, we just don't know. You know, I think a number of us don't know um, and haven't made that connection. And so that was one of the things that really drove me this whole time you know, and I realized at this point, it was also my own reckoning with history, like my own, my own understanding of the Black Power movement, what it really stood for versus what I had been taught, and my desire to help change and illuminate that, uh, that narrative just a bit, you know, it's like, this is just the tiniest piece of history, but if I can share this and contribute to that better understanding with all of these other people that have been working to do it, that's kind of the driving force, I guess. Uh, in terms of the patient bill of rights, I would say that ninety-nine point nine percent of the people who know of it, even know of it, have no idea how it came to be. It speaks to how little context we have for the things that have really improved the lives of everyday people in this country. It's, its history is often buried and forgotten. And this is an example of that. And another thing that is so impressive about this story and about the way the story is told is this relationship with the Black Panthers. I think there has grown up kind of um, a, a mythology, if that's the right word, about the antagonism of Hispanic versus African-American actions and, and, and concerns and, and sort of a, a, a racial tension that's always sort of described, not always, but sometimes described as part of the kind of the, the uh, 
the ether be of of that and we see just the opposite here we see the cooperation we yeah. see learning from one another and the other thing is in the early days of direct action you see the creativity and you see also the reliance on nonviolent action as well all of those things are here and for most people the perception is that the 60s were wildly violent and and we were on the verge of you know social collapse well these people weren't responsible for in any way fomenting social collapse they were for improving our our lot in life i just i'm getting these all these things out there because this breaks so many stereotypes in the yeah. film takeover i just feel like it, it's a it's just a great story as you said thank you yeah and i also want to just shine a light on like who was being violent right i mean right. the fred hampton the police like right. the young lords took over the hospital peacefully right. who were they scared of being confronted by the police so there is a consistent narrative the mainstream narrative of people of color being violent but the reality is is that the police and white supremacy have have been the the violent forces in our society and that's just the reality of of um of this but you know i think that one thing that you touched on was really important is that one of the things that was emphasized to me when i was working on this was like you can't have the young lords without the black panthers and so that is something that in every single like we made trailers um, I mean, we made a trailer and we made this film. So, but in every piece, it was like that had to be included because without the young, without the Black Panthers, the Young Lords would not exist. Yeah. Um, and and I think that that collaboration um, is incredibly important. And um, also, there there was also the um, Rainbow Coalition, which Fred Hampton started, that consisted of also poor white people. And so there is the uh, history in this country of people coming together. And that was one of the things that drew me to Lincoln Hospital and the work there was that the collective action included everyone. So you have the doctors who were primarily white and upper class. Right. Uh, then you also have um, the nurses and the hospital workers, which were comprised of mostly people of color and people in the community. Um, and then you also have the young lords who I identify as the community members, but you know, obviously there were some healthcare workers there and they all came together in some sort of way to help move this forward. And it was really an example of allowing the community that is most affected by capitalism lead while the, the white doctors took their cues and tried to support them. And I think that was one of the biggest things for me in making this film was kind of showing that and how it could be possible and how it has been successful in the past. Yeah, it's, it is truly a remarkable story of cooperation. And as I said earlier, creativity, the way in which they went about doing this and the way that they went about mitigating any sort of fear that anyone in the hospital would have had it didn't impact the services being provided in the hospital. It provided them with a platform to call attention to what was referred to as the butcher shop, a hospital in the poorest part of New York City, the Bronx, and the level of care that was not being provided 
people were dying unnecessarily in this in this facility for no other reason than the fact that they were the wrong color and and that's again given the given sort of the stakes involved the way they went about it is just you're right you're absolutely right i'm so thankful that i know about the young lords now because i didn't <laughs> I didn't know and there's some people in the film that have gone on to other careers juan gonzalez who is one of the co-hosts of maybe the finest news program in america democracy now and um others what was their sort of reaction to you approaching them to be uh, a part of the film? What was what was the general reaction? Yeah, you know, I think that um, I was a student at the time and I had written this paper. Um, so I kind of had I had done my research, you know, and I and I actually so it's a really funny story. This is what the very beginning of my like film career and I was interning and it just so happened that. Juan Gonzalez had agreed to sign some of his books for a Kickstarter for the film that I was working on. So I went to the, I was like tasked with going to the Democracy Now! studios to get him to sign these books. And I brought my paper and I went up to him and I had him sign the books. And I was like, you know, I'm a really like big fan of yours. I studied the Young Lords and I wrote this paper about your contribution to public health. Um, I'd really love to interview you sometime. And so I gave him my paper and he like emailed me, I, I don't know if it was a few days or weeks later, and he said that I could interview him. And so through, through him, um, so my first interview was in the Democracy Now! studios, which was like very, very exciting for me. Uh, <laughs> and it kind of became a word of mouth thing. It was, you know, you should talk to Cleo Silvers and Mickey Melendez. And so I talked to, I talked to the two of them and it kind of was through word of mouth. I think initially people were curious about my interest. And I think that they were open, but maybe weren't totally sure what my intentions were. You know, I mean, like any, like anybody, you know, I am an outsider. I'm a white person who grew up in Westchester. And what I also find interesting a little bit is that in one of the third world newsreel films from the 70s, they compare the healthcare to those in Westchester in this and in the South Bronx and saying that there were much, the healthcare is much better in Westchester. There are more hospital beds, there's more uh, resources, obviously. So that was also something, but just to go back to what you were saying, I think people were hesitant, uh, but open and then saw my commitment and persistence with it. Like I did, I truly did, I believe, interview most of not most, but like a fair number of interviews in 2014. I started the film in 2014 and ended in in early 2021. So it, I, I think at that, and at that point, Mickey Melendez and um, Mickey Melendez and Iris Morales, who are both former Young Lords, had come on as consulting producers. And so they were part of the process. Like, um, and I tried to be as, you know, share the, my, my written materials, you know, share my philosophy and like speak, you know, try, I tried to be as open as possible while also maintaining, you know, protection of the film and the idea so that we didn't have too much influence. I don't know if that makes any sense, but you, you know, they were, a number of the Lords were involved. I would update them. And, you know, Juan Gonzalez, like always says, like she, like she came up to me, like, and then 10 years later, 
Like he was like, I'd hear from her every now and then. And then 10 years later, she was like, I finished it. (laughs) This points out something to me that you alluded to just a minute ago. And that is the history we were taught and then the history that you need to relearn. And this is an example of that. I feel like I got a good education. I went to good schools, prep schools, all that kind of stuff. But as I've gotten older, I realized that that history just only barely brushes up against the reality of most of the things that mattered. It gave me enough information to be able to speak about it, but not understand it. And I think the kind of thing that you have in Takeover is an explanation. And and I think that's the importance. People may have heard about the takeover of Lincoln Hospital. They may have heard about the Young Lords, but now they have a much better understanding of exactly not only who they were, but what they were about. Just to piggyback on that, like I, I say that this took me 26 years to come to. I was 26 years old when I learned about the Young Lords. And so I, I feel like it is really important for like us to get there faster. Media has such an influence that I, I really felt like making films was a good way to kind of do that. And you know, at the very beginning, I didn't really know what I was going to do with this or if that I was gonna get into um, film, but, um, and this is just like, and like I said, a tiny piece of the history. There's so many other books to read. There are a few other films like by Iris uh, Morales, Siempre, Palante Siempre, that was done in 1996. Johanna Fernandez wrote a book about the Young Lords recently that won a number of prizes. So there is more like this is, I imagine, like a tiny way in. And then if you get interested, there's other sources that you can learn more about. But I, yeah, I absolutely agree. I think that this is part of American history. And I think that to try to fully understand it and be open is to listen more. Yeah, I agree. And I'll go back to kind of the the, the original text of the sort of source of American history for me, putting aside that there were worse, there's been a lot of wonderful work done besides what I'm going to say. Howard Zinn's The People's History of America is sort of, if you want to kind of begin to understand the journey that we all need to be on, look at a book like that, The People's History of America. And then from there, you'll begin to understand why these other things are important and relevant and they have bearing on the society that we find ourselves living in and why we seem to be in these intractable situations and places. It's, it's, yeah, to your point. Well, congratulations. By the way, I don't know where you were when you heard you'd been shortlisted. I know it's not the final, final, you know, the final circle of of acknowledgement and and recognition, but uh, congratulations on getting to this point with your film. Where were you when you heard about it? Um, You know, I had been, I had been thinking about it all day. Right. So I was like, I don't know when they're going to announce it. We were like nervous. And then finally, you know, when you just turn off your brain, I was like, I got to pick up my laundry. I'm going to make myself some lunch. I like watched an episode of uh, like on my on my lunch break and was like that's a really good show and then I looked down at my phone and I got all these text messages and I just started screaming for like two hours <laughs> I was just like <laughs> just like that except way louder for two hours I was yeah so I was just honestly unbelievable I am like just straight up grateful like honored to be here I couldn't, I mean, I have such an amazing group of people that I've been working with. Tony Gerber, 
Lynn Nottage, Luis Miranda, my editors, like it's Sebastian Diaz, Francisco, but I mean, I've just been, and then like to have worked with the young Lords um, and have told their story in a way that they, you know, find that they're appreciative of. It's just been, it's more than, more than I can even have hoped for. Like, this is just a dream. Thank you so much, Emma. The film again is called Takeover. We've been talking with the director, Emma Francis Snyder. Thank you so much. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio. Thank you.